Welcome back, boys and girls, to another episode of K-Fave Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and I am joined once again by the patron saint of the Rock Block, Mr. Jesse Baker. How you doing, buddy? Dude, I'm doing great. I'm happy to be on with y'all. A little look-see back into the year 2021 in pro wrestling. I'm very excited to chat. Yeah, man. And your regularly scheduled co-host as well, Mr. Wex Breaking the Lawson. Wex, how you living today? I'm living pretty good, but you did not uh, give my new moniker, the king oh, right. of K-Flay, the, the king of, god damn it. Yeah, you can't even do it. The king of frontside 180 K-Fabe kickflips. There we go. That's it. Mr. K-Fabe 180 kickflips. That's, the, that's a new move altogether. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm super into it. And you know what? This year has been wild. But this is our year in review. It's the final episode of season three. We got a lot of really cool stuff planned for you guys for season four. I'm super hype. So, yeah, we're just going to, like, take a look back at everything that's happened in 2021. I mean, the rise of AEW, um, you know, starting the year off still very much in the pandemic world with no fans uh, and then kind of moving into fans again. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I don't even really know where to start. Let's start with like, um, so January, 2021, right? We're still doing Daly's place. What was, does anybody have like at their fingertips? Do you know what were like the first big shows? I mean, obviously winter, is coming. Winter, winter is coming. Winter is coming. was like the right? first big one. Was, that, was that in, was it in January or was that in December? Yeah, it was in January and wrestle kingdom's really the first one. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Wrestle There's that really good Nido match. Yeah. Yeah. We had and like the Kenny Omega door. Up that other really good match with Moxley. Yes, yes. Somehow pulled pulled Moxley into a decent match. Um, yeah, man. I mean, the, the Royal Rumble was still very weird this year because I think a lot of those WWE shows were just so weird when they were just in those empty arenas. And also, too, like, you don't really, you didn't really get the surprises that you come to expect from a Royal Rumble. At least this year we didn't. Just because I feel like, Obviously, the you know, the COVID situation, but like, I don't know, like for me, even even WWE as it is now in this current state, like I'm always the most hype for Royal Rumble, I think. Yeah, yeah, because you get those big returns and the big pops, no crowds, no pops. Yeah. So that was weird. I mean, Royal Rumble was weird this year. I don't even remember if there was any any real surprise entrances at all. Were there? I don't recall. So if there were, it didn't really do the trick. Yeah. I think there were like comebacks, but not necessarily, um, not necessarily just like surprise one, one, one offs. Yeah. Um, there were yeah. no Funakis. No Funakis. No, no Gilberts. No fun stuff. Anything else stand out to you guys from like that January kind of early part of the year? I just felt like, you know, it, that was still the tail. To me, that was, it was all 2020 altogether. It was all, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. Still kind of in that same train. New Year's didn't feel like New Year's, so there wasn't that big separation. WWE did have that big Indian show that they threw, that superstar spectacle or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I faintly recall watching, but it was still, you know, to me by that point in time, everything had just hedged the same bet for like a million months. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, that was like, that came on like during the day, like while I was at work at like 2 p.m. or some shit. So, yeah, yeah. I, I do not think yeah. that I caught that one, but it was in India, so it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's weird too, because I feel like every time, like every time they do a Saudi show, there's always at least one match that's just embarrassingly bad. Yep. Like, at least at, multiple. At, it's always at, multiple. 
Yeah, there's always multiple, but there's generally like one decent match. Like, and I, I think the best one of the overseas ones was the Crown Jewel Rollins versus Edge match. I think that's, that's the, the best one. One hundred percent has my vote. Yeah, I mean, I think that that would probably be. I mean, did the did the did the uh, Dragonoff Walter match was that in Florida or was that overseas? Oh man, you're gonna that was in Florida. Pop my cherry here for our superlatives, goddamn. <laughs> um, that was in Florida. Yeah, it was a takeover yeah. thirty-six. Okay, then I'm gonna say that the Rollins Edge match was the best WWE match like overseas th- this year for sure. I'd have to agree. Um, and then Mania is when we kind of started back with the fans, right? But it was weird. It was like we had a big Mania, and then they went back to like empty arenas for a little bit, like uh, like yeah, yeah, Mania six was weeks like- or something like that. And Mania, they justified it because of the space, but you know, AEW still had that like thirteen hundred situation going on, and their first yeah. pay per view was like that too at Daly's Place of the Year. That's back right. That's March. right. That's right. Was, they did that thirteen hundred. You know, they had those little pod things, right? Yeah, yeah, and then. Yeah. Um, but then Mania was the first like full fledged, which of course we'll get to it. But what a what a fun debacle that whole thing was. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's great too because it's like you're gonna have all these fans come back for the first time in like well over a year, and and it fucking rains. And it <laughs> rains like for the first hour, like and so the show ends up being like what was it like the first night was like what six hours long or something like that. Dude, oh. yes, and they cut all those fucking uh, non-scripted promos backstage, like to fill in the time, oh, which yeah. was great oh. to watch because you got to see so much raw shit coming off, and you would never hear these promos normally. It they were just so, off the cuff. Like, you can that combined the- with the visual of Michael Cole, Samoa Joe, and fucking Ponchos, is just, dude, that it, was that's meme worthy for years to come. That that photo right there, absolutely. Yeah. I agree, and I mean, I will say that like. Say what you will about Roman Reigns, but I think that he actually held his own when it was on him to do the unscripted thing. Um, I mean, Roman Reigns is the best part of of WWE right now. People may hate that to admit that, but like the whole bloodline thing that pretty much happened this year has been phenomenal. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that's the only good thing that's going in WWE right now. Outside of the Seth Rollins situation, also I like a- AJ Styles kind of getting involved a little more in the NXT world. I think that that's kind of helpful. Um, I will agree. Bloodline's like the most long thought out, cohesive, good storyline they've done yeah. in a long time. Yeah. I got to say, I'm digging not only the big E thing, but I really kind of, I do like what they've done with Xavier Woods, even though I know it won't last very long, right. but I do enjoy it. Been a lot of fun. That and like, dude, Sammy Zayn's crushing it too. They got some good yeah. stuff going on. Yeah, I mean, honestly, and that's the thing too. Like, um, I, I'd say we're like, you know, early first quarter of the year, like on the road to WrestleMania. WrestleMania happens, um, and at that point, there hadn't really been any major releases yet, right? There were a few. So in February, uh, they released Lars Sullivan and Steve Cutler. And, oh uh, God, that's right. So Lars Sullivan. He was doing the weird porn stuff, right? Yes. That's what stuff that, happened to him. Okay. All that crazy racist and, and homophobic stuff came up from years prior too. Oh yeah. So he was did did, did some gay porn, but then had some homophobic posts on a bodybuilding forum, which I guess that's it. It makes sense. Some weird psychological, ugh, some weird psychological stuff going on, and that wasn't even his character. That was the real life Lars Sullivan. Yeah, yeah, but they were that was like way before too, and also, and I mean, when it came out, it was way before the release. They kept him on for I, I want to say it was well over a year. Yeah, yeah, because they could they couldn't just release him that quick because it'd be too obvious. They'd be like, ah, we got to keep him on a little bit longer. 
Yeah, they kind of did the same thing with Jackson Riker later on. But um, no, uh, Steve Cutler was released apparently because he contracted COVID from going to Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green's like party or something and didn't tell anybody and gave it to a bunch of people is what I heard. Oh, that's Steve Macklin in Impact, right? Yes, that's correct. And he's a a much better presentation there, I've got to say. Um, And then, yeah, in in March, the uh, Andrade release. Okay, so we have, but but it was still very limited. It wasn't like the wave that we were. Yeah, the going mass to releases get. that started coming every like three <sighs> months it didn't happen until a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and say it too. I feel like 2021, if it had like a tagline, like if it was a Star Trek movie theme, it'd be like Rise of the Cons because it really is just AEW kind of blowing up and then Nick Con kind of like completely changing WWE in every way. Um, so I mean. Let's let's uh let's dive into that then. Let's let's go ahead and let's get let's get to the releases. So you said that you had a list of everyone that had been released this year. Let's let's Dude. just kind of go down that list and see, you know, how we're all feeling about it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and leave it to so all right. The first the, the the wave in April was uh, Samoa Joe, who we all know would go on to come back. Yeah. The Iconics, Bo Dallas, which I really wonder where the fuck that guy is. Bo Lave. He's on a farm. He's not. He's like yeah. self-sustaining weirdo. Uh, hardcore country Mickey James, Chelsea Green, Kalisto, Wesley Blake, and Tucker. Not Wesley Lawson. Correct. So that's all. That's just the April ones. And then in May we get Velveteen Dream, Jessamine Duke. Uh, I'm gonna try and keep these to people that we know who they are. Alexander Wolf. Yeah, uh, Drake Wirtz, the uh, crazy fucking QAnon referee guy. Yeah, that used to be a deathmatch wrestler in CZW, which is just doesn't go together at all. And uh, yeah. Tom Phillips, which is oh yeah, I, weird. I completely forgot Tom Phillips got released. Does that say anything about him as a character? I think he works for like box sports or something now too. I think he does boxing actually. I just always thought he he did like the mid card level job that I always felt like Michael Cole did until Michael Cole took the seat. You know what I mean? Like I. Yeah. It did kind of surprise me a little he bit. Was, he was early Michael Cole part two. Yes, correct. He was more yeah. like Todd Grisham. Yeah. yeah <laughs> okay. <true>. Right on. <laughs> uh, then we have in June. See, June, we're kind of – this is where we start the big ones. This is where we start the ones that fucking blew my mind. Uh, Braun Strowman, Aleister Black, Lana, yeah. Ruby Riot, Buddy Murphy, Santana Garrett, Tino Sabatini, The Bollywood Boys, Marina Shafir, Arturo Ruiz, Kurt Stallion – Fandango, Tyler Breeze, Ever Rise, Tony Nice, Arya Davari, August Gray. And then in July, we get Bray Wyatt. So we can kind of cut it mid-year there if you guys want to. But Yeah, that's kind of crazy, man. I mean, just the, I mean, just that like just that burst of wrestlers alone, just them would be a decent promotion as a at, by itself. Absolutely. Like, I mean I mean, that's just Absolutely batshit. And also the fact that a lot of those bigger releases happened in June and July when we're starting to see WWE get back on the road. Yeah, it made no sense. They've got those live gates and granted they're spending money on the production trucks, I know. And they've got a whole bunch of other staff that they probably had to rehire and rehire new people for positions that weren't being filled while they were stationary. But still, man, like that's just nuts to me. Yeah. It feels like there's gotta be something else behind it. Um but yeah, I mean, the rest of the year has some crazy ones too. Uh, you know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, for sure. Just the first half of the year was a little strange, but by by the first half, 
we're kind of getting into like back into the live setting the way we knew it before. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, we did try to like ease into it. So like, I mean, I will say for a hundred percent certain, like when we were all covering the shows in the empty arenas and stuff, like the work rate had to be superb. And I feel like it was also, uh, because you could hear everything. It's almost like you had to be able to act while you were wrestling. Cause you could, I mean, it was so quiet that the guys had to talk to each other. Yeah. And then like you go back into the li- the live crowd thing. And it's almost like, I know at least for me, I have definitely rated matches better because of the live crowd, even though they might not have been better bell to bell than when and then the, than the uh, empty arena ones. You know what I mean? Okay, so I got a good question for you. Since we're at this point where we're transitioning over back into actually having crowds, what do you think the best match was beginning of the year until they started getting crowds back during that time period? I'll go ahead and tell you my vote was that Impact Six Man with Kenny Omega. And the good bros oh, against yeah. Rich Swan, Moose, and uh, Chris Saban. That's my yeah. vote for the best, like, that still no really crowd good. matches before we got crowds back in this year. Yeah. That's a, that's a hard one to argue with, just because, I, to be honest with you, I felt, you know, you guys know, maybe I'm a little biased, but I've kind of felt like the main event scene in WWE up until the latter half of this year has been pretty stale. Yeah, and for sure. So, like, I don't really it's sort of hard to go back and be like, Hey, this really memorable match from no crowds or whatever. Uh, they, they did some good work with it. Yeah, I got to commend them on being inventive with the production element, with the screens and the zooms and all that fun stuff. But I mean, Oh, there was a good ladder match with Jeff Hardy. Oh yeah. Was it that nasty? We took a nasty, uh, nasty pay per view. It was a, or like a network special or something. Yeah. Was it a that was also really good? That was memorable. Yeah. Just it was a nasty. Bump. I can't remember who he wrestled. But it was I mean, a good... I remember, the, I remember the fucking bar fight. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was a little a little much. Uh, yeah, Jeff Hardy is another guy that got released on the back end here, actually relatively recently, but yeah, he's definitely AEW bound. There's no debate about that. I mean, well, Christian go? kind of uh, teased it in an interview. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, a you know, a little bit. I mean. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that that pre-pandemic era of, of uh, or, I mean, pre-live crowd coming back era of best matches, I you got me, man. I Like, I got to be honest, it's like two different worlds. And yeah. I remember very little from it. I mean, if we're counting AEW, you know, you look at the matches from, what was it, Revolution during that time. I'm yeah. sure there's something on that card that would stand out to me if I recalled the card right off the top of my head. But I know it wasn't that fucking exploding barbed wire match. You know what I mean? Like... <sighs> I mean the the Winter is Coming show was was good. I mean See, I wasn't the AEW ones were different because there was like a little bit of a crowd on most of all the big matches. Right. Even yeah. like even if it was just like there was a little bit more than just the other wrestlers. No, doing I agree. The bullshit. I agree. I agree. I mean I would ha- then I'd probably have to agree with you as far as like completely empty arenas. Like probably the that Impact match is probably the best one. Um, that or the Josh Alexander. Um, uh, Christian match. Um, oh, I guess one. that wasn't really. I guess no, that we had, really, that we were there. Like, yeah, that was. A, we that saw was the a build crowd. up. They had crowds back at that point. Yeah, I guess I don't know. Maybe they're uh, just still in a TV. Imp- because the impact is yeah, they have like fifty people, so it's like I mean. Yeah, they're still just in a studio setting as opposed to an arena yeah. or whatever. But it's like, yeah, yeah I don't know. There, I, I want to say I'm missing something from an NXT from then, but I'm the Walter Dragonoff that was no crowd. 
Oh, Walter Dragunov was no crowd. That was no crowd. That was no crowd at all. That's why yeah, it was. It's got to be that one. That's why it's crazy. That's so memorable just because it was to have that good of a match with no crowd support. That's fucking insane. They did have that Balor versus Dunn for the NXT championship, too. That was pretty fucking good. Yes. Yes. That was did. like in the first quarter, too. Yep. Yeah. It was really good. I mean, Pete Dunn to me is such a wasted talent, but they did have the Thunderdome, which I guess is a semblance of a yeah, crowd. I mean, still. honestly, like it's a it's a great idea. Like, I mean, gotta, like I said, you got to hand it to him for being inventive. That's creativity yeah. at its finest, man. And, you know, yeah. if anybody was good at it's not like Impact did it like Impact to me would be so much farther along right now after they lost their trade deal with AEW. I say lost after it expired. It was set to yeah. expire. Yeah. But had there been a little bit more effort to make some kind of different visual element during that no crowd time, I really feel like they would be so much farther along than they are right now. Because right now we can kind of see them waning back down the hill a little bit. And I hate to see it yeah. because they put on some of the best shows at the beginning of the year. So, oh, no, uh, sure, yeah. so officially, when was the first big pay-per-view for every show that had crowds back? Uh, AEW is double or nothing. Double I mean, or nothing. Mania was was well, WWE after Mania because you know they took the break. So what was like the first big one after WrestleMania? Uh, SummerSlam. They had, but they had crowds for pay per view no, like for SummerSlam. Oh, it was Backlash, wasn't it? Backlash. Yeah, it went backlash WrestleMania yeah. Backlash. That was their first one. Yeah, that's right. And then yeah, yeah. Uh, Impact, I think, was Slammiversary, wasn't it? Slammiversary. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, crazy. Then, so I guess that's what we're gonna pick up uh, from. You know, yes, I mean, anniversary is in June, like it usually is, about second or third week of June. Yeah, so middle and of the summer. Again, okay. Everybody's, you know, teasing comebacks and teasing people debuting and all that fun stuff. And they didn't really do as much of that this time around. You know, I mean, there was some, but there wasn't anything that was like mind fucking blowing. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, not really. It's just not one totally. of those weird things. I still think their product was solid. I mean, we were at some of those tapings, and it was, you know, a hell of a lot of fun for sure. Uh, yeah. But I think putting the focus on people like Josh Alexander, uh, again, Moose has improved so much. And yeah, even tremendously. Just this year alone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, that guy has uh, – yeah, I mean, he went from a, a guy that I honestly thought was never going to be uh, – I thought he would already, like, reached the ceiling, honestly – Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, dude, I mean, in every way, uh, on the mic, his character, his physique, his actual like look has improved. His in-ring work has been nothing short of like awesome. Like, I mean, he's been really, really, really good this year. Um, yeah, but yeah, man, that's, I mean, I think that that's, it's, 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 cra- it's crazy to, to see, like, to see that transition for, for impact um, when they did get that trade deal with AEW, you know what I mean? Like the idea of the forbidden door. I feel like that's a big story of 2021 too. Like that. Oh yeah. I mean, you can't, the value that that gave impact is undeniable, I think. And they still obviously have some of it going on with some of the new Japan talent that they still use. Cause they still mm-hmm. use smaller elements of the bullet club and Finn juice and stuff like that. But it's just that the AEW one being out yeah. the window, which you kind of can't blame AEW for because they weren't really getting anything out of it. You know? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I completely agree. It would be hard for them to. Like, who's getting the good brother some TV time, basically? Which, you know, isn't really benefiting. I, you guys know right here, I love the Hoots. But yeah. at the same time, I don't know how much AEW directly benefited from their presence on television. 
Oh, I don't no, think probably they did it at all. At all. They just did it for fun because it just made the bull, you know, it made the elite look bigger and more, you know, menacing. I mean, it definitely contributed to the that story, extra element on sure. TV. It definitely helped Kenny's heel turn for sure. Oh, yeah. It de- oh, yeah. definitely did. And BTE was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, BTE yeah. was great. Yeah. During that time. I mean, fun. they're responsible for the most edited dynamite uh, match of all time. And that is correct. That's uh, what, really? Yes. Because yeah, they, they did, did they went, just did so much off script shit like they did like a power bomb line where they hit the joint and he passes the joint and they pass it back try to pass it to matt and he's like nah and then he puts it out and they give him the power bomb like oh my goodness they were just That's doing ridiculous. every little fucking thing cock things with the belts lots of cock yeah. references yeah. Yeah. so yeah, at some point in time you could hear gallows say what you can't smizz whiz on the tissues <laughs> <laughs> good stuff right there oh it is good only the yeah. so the for the literally the first forbidden door ever thing that we saw was that when Kenta appeared on Dynamite. Um, yeah, was that the I, initial opening of the forbidden door? It may have been. I really want to say that, like, I feel like the Good Brothers thing was before that, was it not? I'm pretty sure it was. I think that the impact, well, I mean, like, the first, like, te- like you know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah surprise, yeah, yeah. not yes, just, yes, yes, you know, not I just, think, I think it was, Kenta, yeah, I think it was Kenta. That, that was the first, like, New Japan thing. Okay. Yeah. All right. You know, like, to me, it was like, man. I like, mean, give me a give me a bushi or like, you know, NATO or like. I mean, Okada. so far, they're too expensive. Have, yeah. Well. So far, to me, Suzuki it was the most exciting one. Maybe Osprey. Well, I mean, everybody wants to see that happen, obviously. Yeah. But. Yep. That'll happen eventually. We'll see it. Just oh, give us some sure. time. For sure. You know, you know, but I mean, and then there, there were some poor old NWA trying to struggle the whole year, getting their shit back together. They finally yeah. got some pay-per-views going. And turns out I, Tony Khan was funding all their whole women's division, paying for the whole thing. Yep. That's what I heard. Good I for mean, him. Hey, you know, makes sense. He got, I, dude, if the only Thunder thing he Rosa. got out of that is fucking yeah. Thunder Rosa, then it's, it's a win. Yeah. You know, 100%, 100% yeah. win. Cause she's fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Serena was a part of that too. Serena Deeb. Oh but, yeah, probably. The, um, at the same time, if it, even if it was only Thunder, I'm for Which, it. She's yeah. responsible for one of my favorite women's match of the year when, when, when we get into that stuff right there. When, yeah. we get, when we're getting that stuff right there. So, yeah, man, I mean, we start getting into now we're like back in the summertime. We're back at the point where everybody's a little stoked. Where I'm, I know um, me personally, I was starting to make a bunch of like ticket buying plans and shit for not oh, yeah. only, you know, indie shows, but also – Shit, Wes and I fucking were still doing commentary all the way up through July. Yeah. Until that shit fucking fell down. And then, like, it's just, you know, I, it, it was a very interesting landscape. They continued on with SummerSlam. They continued on with the live touring. AEW continued touring live. Impact started moving, making moves to Las Vegas, doing all this stuff. And then we get this Delta variant thing, which put another halt to a bunch of indie wrestling, another yeah. halt to a bunch of people being able to travel. Yep. Absolutely fucking brutal. However, it did not stop any of the wrestling train on a higher level from what I can really see. Yeah, no, it didn't. It didn't for sure. I mean, at that point, too, they were like, you know what? We've we already shut down one time. We're not doing it again. We're going to keep going. People are going to get sick. It is what it is. We're just going to keep going. Uh, I mean, I'm, and I'm not saying like that is uh, agree or not agree. Like that is what happened. So that's just what uh, happened. I mean, it's undeniable. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I think that, um, I mean, there was a brief time like towards the end of summer and going into the fall where it was like, I, th- I think we're pretty much done with this. 
mm-hmm. um, and everything felt really normal. Like, um, I mean, I don't feel like I was being asked for my vax card to go places anymore, or whatever. You know what I mean? It just felt like kind of normal. Um, and so during that time, I think is when that wasn't that there was another wave of releases around that time too at the end of SummerSlam. There were. So it was like, because we went to another round of impact tapings. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. That second week of August. Like, yes. right? It was like yeah, about yeah. a month after Slave Anniversary, because that's when I booked the Good Brothers on my birthday. Yeah. Yep. And the, uh, by that time, it kind of felt like we were out of the woods. I kind of felt like we were going to see a little bit more New Japan stuff, yada, yada, yada. The month of August, yeah. I'm not exactly sure when all of these fell. August is when the Ric Flair thing happened, and they released Ric Flair. From his Legends contract. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Bronson Reed, Bobby Fish, Leon Ruff, Tyler Rust, Jake Atlas, Mercedes Martinez, Asher Hale, a bunch of people that were on the lower level, but also our fucking boy, Alex Zane, which I still say was a mistake. Yeah, I'm Dude, sure. I mean, half I'm, these well, things are a mistake. I mean, Alex Zane what, what, getting... What are we at right here now? That was, this this was is in August. This is all in August. August. Now, I don't necessarily know the direct relationship between these and SummerSlam. I just know that they were in August. So Double or Nothing was also in what, August? The Double or Nothing was in May, I believe. Pretty oh, sure. so we so we, we skipped over Double or Nothing. That's what we need to talk about. Double or Nothing? Right, that's the... No, no, All Out is in August, right? All Out was in either the tail end of August or beginning of September. August, that's the one I'm talking about. We need to, yeah. That's the one that we really need yeah. to get into because that's... We, we can go ahead and say it right now. Pay-per-view of the year. Was that one? All out? I thought it was, um, I thought I it was, uh, I might have gone full gear a little bit on that. Yeah. Which was the one that had all the debuts? Full gear. That was full gear, what? I think. Full gear? It? No, full gear was the one Come we just on, had that, that everyone, CM Punk had a, his first pay per view match. Oh, and, that's right. That's right. That's right. So all out. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. All out was the one that had D- Brian Danielson and, uh, Adam Cole debut at the la- at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so I mean, hard. It's so hard to keep track of this shit. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? That was September. All that was in September. Yeah. 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 I don't know if y'all remember talking the time. We were talking about one of the most, because that's like, we were saying one of the most monumental pay per views ever because of the shift in the business and all the different people that came over. And totally. And it's funny now that you'd mentioned, now that you say that, because I do vividly remember it. I mean, I vividly remember it all happening, but I now vividly remember that it was all out specifically because of the time frame, but this year has felt like it was 35 years long. So it's yeah, hard. yeah. <laughs> I know it's really hard to keep up with it. For some yeah, reason, it's weird. It's the most recent one. It feel, well, I think it's because of the past uh, now two years, it's just been like, stay at home, don't do as much. And I feel like time just goes by slower. Like I do feel like these past two years have been like the longest two years of my life. Um, but yeah, man. So like, let's let's move it even further. Then let's get into kind of like these past couple months and what's kind of been going on around here. Um, I mean, I think that I think that uh, to me, AEW is handedly winning um, the at least the content um, war. Yeah. Now, obviously, like WWE's reach is just so massive that they're clearly still. I mean, by large margin in first place. Um, but you know how much of that? And I think, so to me, I think a lot of it at this point, WWE and AEW are going to get to a point where they're just two completely different products. Like it's not even the same thing. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I can tell you that just from the other day watching, I watched one segment 
on fucking WWE of like, it was like Carmella versus somebody else. No, it was Liv Morgan and maybe, I don't know. But just the whole presentation of the feud and everything and them come out and cutting their promos. And I was just like, this is just night and fucking day for me, AEW. It doesn't even seem like the same thing, even though they're both pro wrestling, which one's really entertainment, sports entertainment there. I mean, I think that kind of speaks to the future of the industry in general, though, because if anybody else is going to carve a niche for themselves to reach a modicum of the success that AEW even has, they're going to have to present a different product. Like we can't. Yeah. Part of the boom here is you can't have six wrestling companies that are trying to go after the same thing. And that's part of why I think, you know, MLW does have a pretty certain core audience, but they do present their product slightly differently. And I think that whoever kind of goes more into that almost combat feel first is going to also have like that third spot. Yes, I think so. I think so as well. I think because it's it's like, you know, Back in the day, we had WWF, WCW, ECW, and everyone like, you know, ECW was just a different presentation. WCW and WWF were also like there were at one point when they were all three kind of like really going strong. They were all three completely different shows. The look of them, the vibe. of Oh, them. yeah. Now, the, the, obviously, like, you know, I mean, and I would argue that we kind of are getting to that now. Like to me, AEW is like the 96 WCW and like. You know, and WWE is still WWE, but they're just kind of doing the new generation, you kind of stupid gimmicky, bad storyline kind of thing again. And I think, you know, you got another a company coming up, which I think GCW is actually going to slide into that third role, in my, in my opinion. I could but, see it, and I would be very happy if they did. Yeah, they have enough, like, enough, like, legend star power and up-and-coming, like, good talent that they can just easily fill that void of the like extra fan base right there. And they kind of have that ECW rabid fan base anyways. And they're doing that Hammerstein ballroom show. So, you they know, all the parallels hear, are lining yeah. up right there, Daniel. And I know you're, you're trying to make it happen. You're, yeah. You're I like that. I like that history. idea. I'm trying to make it work, man. I'm trying to make they it work. Can, baby. They can, they can also veer into that like outlaw country territory that a lot of, you know, other people are just not in a position to do because of their syndication rights and things like that, which is why ECW was fucking successful in the first place. Speaking of yeah. Veer, is Veer Mahan ever going to show up to Raw? I don't know. Like, hasn't he been on his way for, like, a year? Yeah, they literally, uh, they showed another promo for it this week, so. And it's been going on for, like, months now. Yeah, I mean, I it's think the only way anybody's going to remember that dude's name. Yeah, that's true. Veer Mahan. And wasn't he in NXT? Like, so it's like, to me, it's like, why... Why are you debut? I mean, what didn't he like? Wasn't he? Did, or am I confused? Was he not in NXT? He was in like a faction with uh, yeah. Jinder Mahal and some of the other dude. He was yeah. in a, he, Veer and Shanky, who were with Jinder, were also a tag team called Into Share in NXT, who they actually kind of made look like they were going to make into some fucking badass dudes and then never really did anything with them. Yeah. Sounds like WWE. And so they're just doing that exact same. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, it's the same gimmick, right? Like it's the same face paint. It's literally the, so that they didn't they didn't repackage him at all. They're just making him a singles guy. What like why why are you even airing these vignettes? Like, do, um, and he's been wrestling on main event anyway. So probably oh because what, I mean, are they going to do another? And I'm this is in no way meant to be like offensive at all. But I mean, are they going to do another special in India in January? Yeah. They very well may, and you know they really they're really trying to capitalize on that Indian market because Indians yeah. love pro wrestling. It's just a fact. 
I mean, the thing about it is every time they go is like up until recently, that was Monsoor's only match. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, they need to beef that up if they're going to. I know a guy named Monsoor, but he's not Indian. Yeah. Is is it? What is he? He's just a black American male. Black American male. Monsoor. Really? That's that's a hell of a name. It's a hell of a name. Good guy. Yeah, not really a hell of a wrestler, though, but, you know, no, it is what no. it is. he's actually he's not that bad. He's really not that bad. He's, he's just very green. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. He's no Ali, which they is who they were pairing him with there for a while. Yeah. But then, like, you know, as we keep going, the crowds seem like they're all at a fever pitch for AEW. Not only AEW's also obviously done a way better job of capitalizing on their weekly television yeah. than WWE has, for sure. Like, they, yeah. there are many pay-per-view specials a lot of the time, which you can't do all the time, but they've been spacing them out, I think. It's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, right now, though, we, we're doing like four pay-per-views a year with AEW. I would like to, I, I don't want to do 12 pay-per-views a year, but I would like to see six. I'd like to see less TV specials, honestly, and just six pay-per-views a year. So every other month, give me a pay-per-view. Uh, maybe what one or two. What if two of the pay-per-views were short, like in-your-house type deals? Like, Yeah, I think that that's, I mean, yeah, I think that that's always a good idea. Also, too, like, I mean, you know, I know NXT 2.0 is a thing, but to me, 2.0 is a not NXT, really. I mean, I think that the black and gold brand, like, kind of dying. But, like, and a lot of people, like, get kind of pissed when you say this. But, like, to me, AEW really just took over, like, the black and gold brand. Like, that's, I feel like all the NXT fans is what really became AEW fans. And, like, a lot of indie wrestling fans in general. Hey, I agree because, dude, watching those old NXT, like, twenty. 20- 14 oh my god amazing reviews amazing the crowd vibe just is just like yeah, a crowd crowds. vibe yeah yeah i yeah, mean the, the other thing about it too is like you got to look at even the first half of 2021 before they killed off black and gold those specials were all pretty fucking good oh, oh yeah, yeah they were for great. sure yeah yeah i mean, I mean the Kyle Riley, adam cole stuff alone is fucking great yeah it was really really good really good but, for sure yeah you know i i just feel like I, I agree with you on the space. Here's one thing I would like to see too. And something we did kind of gloss over, you know, AEW debuted a second television show weekly in August yeah, and, on Friday nights. And obviously, you know, we see CM Punk, which yeah. has got to be one of the bigger moments of, of wrestling in the yeah. last decade, much less, yeah. you know, bigger just, moments of wrestling period. Fucking I mean, insane. Just, and, just massive moment. and to see it pay off and to see him make, have that promo the way that he did, fucking absolutely beyond belief phenomenal so i'm all the way into that however after that man friday nights for aew are no longer appointment television for me by any stretch of the imagination whether i'm home or not yeah yeah rampage is not um it's a um it's a bridge show it's it's like they're they're only going to further storylines they're never really going to start anything big there you're only unless it's a live unless it's like a special live rampage those are the only ones you want to watch because all the other ones are taped so unless you're there watching it live like i never watch it live always dvr and i never watch the matches unless someone's like this is a banger like i wouldn't watch hook had to watch hook hook debut now, yeah. would you, would, do you guys think that they'll change that once the TBS move happens for Dynamite? Mm, I would maybe. assume so. Maybe so. I would assume so. I also, like, I I, I genuinely believe that they're going to end up getting another hour for that show. I, I genuinely do believe that Rampage well, is going to probably back end because it's more of a, a later television kind of pro I mean pro wrestling in general is just kind of a later show you know what I mean 
Uh, Maybe they get some really raunchy storylines on those late night hours, you know. And would also be competing directly with SmackDown, was kind of my point. But yeah, I mean, that's fine. I I don't I don't know. I, I, I one major thing to me about 2021 is that like I don't think that ratings matter at all. I just I don't think that like tele like like the idea that people use television ratings to rate it what's which show is better or which even which show is more successful is kind of crazy to me. It's like dude like dude as long as they're making money from the yeah. advertisers and the fucking networks are happy then I think they're doing good. Yeah, well, I mean the Both ratings these... are, are absolutely irrelevant for WWE. Yeah. They're somewhat relevant to that particular revenue stream of AEW. But I mean Bischoff said it best when he talked about signing Macho Man to WCW in 1996 or whatever that was yeah. 95. He came with that Slim Jim sponsorship, which basically paid for his contract. Right. The only difference now is the T-shirt engine and machine that exists, the merchandising machine that exists for independent pro wrestling, basically yeah. means you can pay a guy like CM Punk whatever the fuck you want. It's going to get paid off in the first day. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, dude, he sold more shirts. Yeah, dude, you're right. Merch is just fucking ridiculous when it comes to wrestling, so. Yeah. And buy rates for them, which is, you know, a weird thing that nobody else has, really. <laughs> like, yeah. And the so. Young Bucks have been killing it with merch for years. Same with Colt yeah. Cabana, dude. They're OGs in that shit. Yeah, man. You gotta I just think overall, game. you know, AEW definitely has a modicum of success that's uh, not looked at overwhelmingly positive just because of that rating. But I agree. I mean, that's an antiquated system. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't I mean, I haven't watched like a regular television program like as it's on live unless it's like an actual sports event and like years probably. So yeah. like it's always streaming or, or something else. So it's just kind of crazy to think like, oh, only a few hundred thousand people are watching wrestling. It's like, I don't believe that, dude. Also, like, no matter what just... those ratings, they're always in the top three or so of whatever else is on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. like everything is that way. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. No ratings in general that. are down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Um, it's crazy, man. Let's get to these superlatives, though, for 2021. Um, we're going to do a biggest surprise of the year. It's going to be my first one. Um, so Jesse, what do you think your biggest surprise of the year was, man? I got to say seeing Nick Gage on AEW television. Oh, wow. Okay. A pretty yeah. large fucking surprise to me. I mean, it's not like he doesn't deserve to be there, but the, the, the fact that somebody put him there was mind blowing to me. I just didn't think I'd ever see it happen. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Wex biggest surprise of the year for you. I would say the CM Punk, but it was like not really a surprise because everyone pretty much knew it was happening. So yeah. I'm going to say the back to back debuts of Adam Cole and Brian Danielson at uh, All Out just because I did not expect it happened yeah. so quickly. I was just like, what, what, what the fuck? Like really good shit right there. Genuinely surprising that you don't really get that in pro wrestling anymore. I figured once we saw one, they would save the other. Exactly. Yeah. You wouldn't get both back to back. They were just busting nuts left and right right there. Yeah, I'm actually going to go with um, with your background, Jesse. I, I think Matt Cardona was the biggest surprise of the year for me. Um, and I think that he's on the up and up for sure. Uh, I'm super excited to see uh, where that goes with him. Let's get to the next one here. Match of the year. Um, now, this can be male or female. It doesn't ha doesn't matter. Uh, match of the year, Wex. What was your match of the year? I'm going to go with uh, the Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks Steel Cage Ooh, for the World Tag Team call. Championships. Good call. That was on my list. 
That was one of my only few six beer matches of the year, and man. <laughs> yeah. I like well, those are four of my favorite fucking wrestlers like currently right now, and they just absolutely over delivered in that match. I completely so many callbacks, agree. so much good stuff right there. Jesse, match of the year. Gotta go with Walter versus Ilya Dragunov for the NXT UK championship at TakeOver 36, That's man. That's crazy. That's awesome. That match was it it's not the first time that they've ever faced off, but fuck if it wasn't just like such a a different presentation for WWE and <clears throat> excuse me, very fresh. And uh I just their rumor mill is Walter's going to the mains. I really hope they don't find a way to fuck that up. Yeah, I don't know how they could. I mean, I I hope he gets to keep Imperium too because I feel like that's a really good thing for him. Um, yeah, I think it works out well. I gotta go with um, I gotta go with Kenny Omega versus Daniel Bryan in that Broadway. I think that's easily my number one match of the year. Um, I think that it's kind of crazy to me how Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson has become um, arguably one of the best heels in the business, like so quickly out of his debut. You know what I mean? Like really well done. It like it's, it's, it's because people really don't want to boo him, but he just does a really good job and he gets booed. And that's, uh, he didn't change much about his microphone presentation or anything at all. Yeah. Like the style of wrestling in ring, he changed a little bit, but yeah, like he really just it's just emphasis and mannerisms and it's uh it's a fucking study. Yeah. Yeah, it's great, man. He's he's one of the one of the best for sure. Um let's keep it rolling here, man. Rookie of the year. Okay. Who's going first? Yeah, who's first on this one? Wax, give it to me. Rookie of the year. Rookie of the year? I'm gonna go with uh Daniel Garcia. Daniel Garcia. Okay. I like that. I like that. He's uh yeah, he's been nothing but up on the come up this entire year. He's had lots of big matches against a lot of great opponents. And yeah, I, I like the idea. I've heard a rumor mill of a faction starting in AEW with him and Brian Danielson and like maybe somebody else, Lee Moriarty, just some people that can stretch the fuck out of people. But Lee you know, Moriarty's too nice for that. Where's Lee Timothy Moriarty's Thatcher? way too nice. What? Where is Timothy Thatcher? Oh yeah. I don't even, yeah, I don't He's from the UK, so he's probably just stuck out there. Yeah, it might be, yeah. Didn't he get hurt, though? I heard he did, yeah. Hurt his shoulder or something like that? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm not that sure. would be good for something like that. But, all right, who's next? Jesse, what you got? <laughs> Jesse, rookie of the year? This might be uh, it, it, an early call and somewhat controversial, I'm sure. I'm going to go with Hook, though, dude. Nice. Like, it's, I mean. Hook, Okay. We're very low scale in, but you got to say his television presentation prior to being in the ring itself wasn't bad. They just, you know, they were smart about not letting him say shit really, but like his two things are, you know, super exciting, like social media shattering debuts on fucking Friday nights for AEW and they don't have that. Yeah. So I I think that it, I think the future is very bright. Maybe he'll truly be rookie of the year next year. Maybe he'll have a hell of a year this coming up here. I hope so for sure. I mean, I will say that like, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. I think that they had, like when he got in the ring and started going, I was like, okay, like this His is, dad's not going to let him look like a fool, dude. Come on, I know, man. but he like does like he's, he is above average for sure. And oh, yeah. his very he, first I team, mean, he's better than fucking Dominic Mysterio. He's better oh, yeah. than, he's better than Brock Anderson. Yes. You know what I mean? yeah. Like 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, I gotta go with Dante Martin. I think that he's rookie of the year for sure yeah, for me. That's a good one. Um, I mean, if you go from where he started with his brother to having him get hurt and then turning into this massive storyline that he has now, and just the fact that like to me, it's almost like there's an innocence to him. It's almost like I don't sometimes I don't feel like he realizes how big the moments are. Like, and that's good. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think he gets nervous because I don't think he really realizes how big the moments are. And he always delivers. Um, now, he definitely needs to work on his personality for sure. Yeah. Uh, the, and the I, and honestly, and I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to be hyped to see his brother come back. I think that's going <laughs> to be a good storyline. I think even, if, either if they become a tag team or even wrestle each other, I think that could be a great, uh, great little rivalry there on its own. Um, but yeah, I think Dante for me has is, is got to be rookie of the year. Uh, let's keep it rolling here. Tag team of the year, Mr. Jesse Baker. Give it to me. Man, I know it's somewhat of a cop-out, but I just fucking love them. I got to go with FTR. Okay. Okay. I just, their, right. their presentation, they've been used in a much more serious manner this year. I was a little let yeah. down when they first debuted, but uh, it, it's been a lot more serious. We've seen them do even just that match where they were in the fucking Lucha costumes and shit. I mean, like, yeah. they, they, we've just seen a much better presentation, in my opinion, of them as a unit, even with the pinnacle stuff. I fucking love them boys. That's fair. That's fair. Tag team of the year, Wex. What do you think? I'm going with the Lucha Bros. Nice. I mean, they fucking, they took down the Young Bucks. They ended their fucking long ass run as the world tag team champions and like, you know, had some really great matches in between. And at one point they were also the AAA world tag team and the AEW world tag team champions. So, I mean, kind of hard to argue with that. They're really fucking great. And FTR, like, very close second there. I can can agree there with Jesse, but the Young Bucks, I would say they were more of, I don't know, they're it's kind of hard. Uh, yeah, started, yeah. Started, I'm gonna go. Yeah. I'm gonna go Lucha Bros number one. Yeah. I to be fair, I would have. I was gonna go with the Lucha Bros, but I think just for the purpose of diversity here, I actually think that um through the through the the black and gold brand two 2.0 one of the main staples who was a, also um started an impact in 2021 uh the msk tag team i think that they're vastly underrated every time uh. they get television time they're insanely good um i think that they're i mean they're they're kind of a shining moment too like they they kind of stay they kind of came in towards the tail end of the black and gold but i feel like they're one of the few teams that has really kind of bridged that gap into 2.0 and it worked for them. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know if you guys have seen what they're doing now with like Matt Riddle being like their shaman and stuff. Yeah. It's, it, it's entertaining. And like, yeah. and that's the thing it's, it's sports. They're doing the sports entertainment part. It's not pro wrestling and, but they're doing it well. And when they are in the ring bell to bell, it's really, really good work rate. So Too bad I'll, I'll, WWE I'll just puts a back seat to tag teams. On 100%. Like AEW yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. I totally agree. Um, now let's go with uh, Women's Wrestler of the Year. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm taking this one before anybody else does. Uh, it's Britt <laughs> Baker for me. Uh, 100% got to be the DMD. I think that she is easily the best thing. I think that she's kind of carrying the women's division right now. I'm not saying they don't have anybody, but they have very few great women's wrestlers, like maybe four or five. Um, and so that's just not enough, really. Um, but yeah, man, I think definitely got to be Britt Baker for me. Wex, where are you at? Woman of the year. Since you're Britt Baker, I'm going to go with Deanna Perrazzo. Oh, good. Solid. Impact Wrestling. Even though she just recently lost Impact Wrestling title, she now has the AAA Women's World Championship in her grasp. So she's had a great... We saw 
us alone saw her have some pretty good ass matches down there at Skyway Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. And she, like she said, she did a little international stuff. She had a lot of great matches this year, and I didn't realize she's actually dating Steve Cutler. I don't know if they're married or whatever, but mm. they're doing a little something something together. Bert well, Macklin. You know, old forgotten son. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, for mine, I mean, we all know who I'd love to pick, but she was yeah. kind of low profile this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, old Jordan Grace, my heart goes out to you, but uh, you know, it just wasn't enough for me this year in terms yeah. of being the woman of the year in 2021. Uh, this is a weird one, I'm sure, but I got to give it to Bianca Belair, dude. Okay. Like, oh, she had a great year. I agree. Fantastic year. If you're looking we just, at the we just way forget about WWE, that's what it is. Yeah. The way the women's division is run in WWE, that's a very difficult pecking order. And she was a victim of it at one point for sure. I mean, shit, she got squished at WrestleMania just so they could get Becky back. I mean, SummerSlam, rather, just so they could get Becky back, which was fucking insanely stupid. But uh, at the same I don't time, know. she still managed to be at the top of the heap all fucking year long. And when they wanted to do an interpromotional thing with that festival in Miami, she was on Front Street, dude. And that crowd was eating it up. She is a cross-promotional fucking star. Yeah. And yeah, I just think she had a great year. Yeah, I'd say that she had a pretty good year. Wex, uh, where you at on it? I said Deanna Perrazzo. Oh, that's right. Deanna Perrazzo. And so I was Britt Baker. It's Man, Biller. Yeah, I think that I think those are all solid choices. I think those are all solid choices. I don't I really I wanted that. I wanted to give the shout out to Thunder Rosa. Yeah, she was she was my number two choice, but she she did not any championship not quite gold. not quite the year this yeah, year she year. she lost the nwa title so didn't never regained it so they had a good match last yeah. night though all right boys here's the uh here's the meat and potatoes man this is the uh this is the main event of the year in review the men's wrestler of the year jesse since you're uh, making your triumphant return here i'm gonna go ahead and let you uh kick it off man it's a hard He had a rough first half of his year, but it's hard for me to argue with Hangman Adam Page. Okay. I just got to say, he's put on some of the best fucking matches of his entire career this year on a much larger platform than he's ever been on. Yeah. It's challenging for them to go ahead and put the strap on him given the talent pool at the moment, but he's holding his own between the bell, and this is the way to elevate that motherfucker to where he needs to be. I think he's done a great job at it, and I think 2022 is going to be a huge year for the Hangman. I completely agree with that sentiment. Wex, men's wrestler of the year for 2021. Who is it going to be? I mean, how can anybody, anybody honestly disagree with the fucking cleaner, Kenny Omega? He had had an insane year. Impact World Championship, the AEW World Championship, the AAA Mega Championship, and just had match after fucking match after match, Mm -hmm. all while wrestling with multiple injuries, vertigo, all this shit. And he went out like he went out with a fucking banger with Adam Page, and man, he had a hell of a year. I mean, I almost wanted to choose one more person that maybe your choice since I choose since I chose Kenny Omega. So I don't know if you want to choose the same person, but this is a, this is a fucking tough decision. But great year for Kenny Omega. I love everything that he did this year. I hope that he comes back strong from his injuries, and hopefully, we get to see that dream elite versus undisputed era. Little field yeah. AW, which we know it's gonna happen. I don't know what are they gonna call them? They gotta call them something. Undisputed elite. Based what do you say? Uh I think Kyle O'Reilly said something like Paragon last night or something. I hope that's not what they go with, but he, yeah, he mentioned bad. it slyly in a promo while they were talking backstage. So. 
My goodness. I hope. Well, what if they just like start coming up with names and like you just hear see them in the back and they're like, what about this? Like, <laughs> I feel like that would be a good, like a funny little teaser for me, man. I, it's okay. It's weird. Like, I, I'm not going to say that I'm the biggest fan of this guy, but to me, the biggest, biggest men's wrestler of the year, biggest impact has got to be CM Punk. It just has to be. I mean, coming back after that massive lay layoff and the fact that he still gets the pops that he got pretty much from night one, it's still there almost every single time, if not every single time he's on television. Um, and, and is, I mean, say what you want. I mean, like I was never the biggest mark for him bell to bell. I always thought he was phenomenal mic guy and he still definitely has the mic chops for sure. Um, but when he got in the ring, like he wrestled the at, the at the same level that he wrestled before. Um, and that's, you know, it's, it's commendable. For sure. I mean, you, obviously, you could argue Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson. I got to stop calling him Daniel Bryan. It's killing me. Uh, All right, Jim Ross. I know it's the worst. But, um, yeah, I mean, you could argue that. I think Adam Cole is – I think that I'm, – I'm glad that he's getting O'Reilly and Fish in there. I think that that's massive because I honestly don't – I think out of those three kind of coming in at one time, he's had the biggest lull, I think. Um, not that he's been like non-existent, but I mean, dude was like literally the NXT champion for forever. And then he comes in and he's kind of like the lower mid card angle right now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard when they thrust you into a group where like the group literally had just gone and still at that point in time, were in the midst of the main event scenarios in their two respective championships, such as Kenny Omega and the young bucks. Yeah, and it's a new guy who comes in and he's just part of the group. Like I, part of yeah. me wants him to come in and turn on them from day one. To be honest. But, yeah, I feel like that would have been better. But yeah, I I hear you. We see the siege. You know, AW likes to do that long term storytelling. They don't want to like bust a nut too quick. You know, as I'm quoting <laughs> quoting uh Jake Roberts as it actually said in an AEW ring one time. Said your guys aren't gonna bust a nut when I'm in the ring. Uh, oh, I'll pop my. for that one. Always I'll always remember that classic Jake Roberts line. And with that, I think that's going to put a bow on 2021. I think that's the best way to end this year in review. Um, we are super excited for season four. Um, we got like some some new ideas. We're going to try to cover as much of current stuff as possible. Really going to try this year to not have any weeks where there isn't um, no weeks where there's two nostalgia shows. So there's at least one current thing with a nostalgia show. Um, every time. So um, this this next coming week is going to be TNA Final Resolution 2007. Uh, we're just getting into that that kind of angle that we've been kind of uh, talking about the 06 there, hopping over into 07 for next year. And we're going to be going up against WWE's Day One 2022. So uh, which yeah. that's looking like there ain't no telling who's actually going to be on the card because there's a big COVID yeah. outbreak. Which honestly, I feel like when their backs are against the wall, they try to put on a better wrestling show. And yeah, bring out some NXT guys. Yeah. Bring out some yeah. other random guys like Ricochet who never get to wrestle. Like, let's see some good shit. Yep, 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 yep. And then after that, we're getting back to Impact. It's been a while since we've covered them, so it'll be Impact's Hard to Kill 2022 versus WCW's Sold Out 1997. We're getting into 1997. We've been covering a lot of 1996 on the show. Um, but yeah, man, I'm I'm super excited to to get into that. I, I know that we're definitely going to have the introduction and the first ever Baker's Dozen in January as well. So it'll be a Jesse Takeover show, and he's gonna kind of figure out what that uh that's gonna be. We're gonna map that out here 
um, and make it happen for you guys. But yeah, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, you can always find the show at kfabe.com everywhere on the socials, except for TikTok. It's at kfabe.com pod. You can always find me at Daniel Daybreak on all the socials. Jesse, where can folks find you, man? I am at Jesse Baker Nash on Instagram and Twitter. And just old Jesse Baker on Facebook or usually around the accident or hurry back down on Ellison Place. Yes, sir. Wex, give him the script, baby. And you can find your boy Wex Breaking the Loss and at Wex Breaking the Loss on all your social medias. Except for Facebook, it's my little code name, Wex Lee. If you know what you're talking about, you can come holler at me if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> That's going to do it for us this week, guys. We'll see you all next week for season four. We're out. Peace. Peace for four.